You're listening to a Military Life Media podcast. Hi, I'm Beck Rayner and this is the Military Life Podcast, a podcast that celebrates, empowers, supports, informs and embraces the spouses beside the military members by building connections, acknowledging our strength, focusing on self-care and our mental health. Let's do this together. There's everyday life, then there's a life in defence. There's nothing else quite like it. And for me, there's no other bank that understands this the way Defence Bank does. With products and services tailored for ADF members and defence spouses, 30 on-base branches across Australia and an award-winning banking app, they just get defence. But don't take my word for it. Others agree, in fact, they were recently awarded Defence Services Bank of the Year by We Money, a unique bank for a life like no other. Visit defencebank.com.au today to find out more. This week on the podcast, enjoy listening to some real talk from a handful of defence partners who have previously detailed their spouse journey with us on past episodes. This episode is all about what it's really like to become a defence partner and live defence life. As you'll hear from listening to the stories of defence partners, our experiences are unique, yet have many common threads that run so deep and connect us. So get comfy and enjoy listening to this compilation episode that sheds light on the question, how do you support your mental health while living defence life? We're in WDU, next thing I know, he's on flood assist. Next thing I know, there's a build exercise as soon as he came back from flood assist. So it definitely was a hard adjustment having to deal with the fact that all of a sudden he was gone the majority of the time. How did you accept the transition from one being friends, then being together, then reconciling what defence life meant and settling into that lifestyle and the requirements of your partner and then the bar being raised again when he was off on different assists and not around a lot it is nothing short of a whirlwind you get settled into some kind of a routine and then within a month it changes and then you think you settled again try and get used to the idea of the next thing and then it changes again definitely not being easy but i guess having a good support network close by definitely has helped. I grew up here. My parents are close by. All my friends are close by. I don't think without the support network that I have that honestly, I would have been able to cope through all the changes so quickly and so radically. Once you'd come around to the new way that your relationship was working and defense life being run of the mill part of your life now and calling on your support network and things like that, was there anything else that you did to adjust and come to terms with all the changes and what you're going through? Oh, honestly, the only thing I could do to adjust and cope with what was all going on constantly was just keeping myself crazy busy to a point where I actually burnt out. I actually took advice from a couple of other defence spouses and my partner called Open Arms and they actually helped quite significantly with it. But just keeping busy was the only way that I could keep my mind off the fact that everything was changing so fast. What was it like making that call to Open Arms? Like where did you get the information? How did you take that step? Or were you just at a point where you're like, I need some sort of help? I was at a point I needed help. Most spouses can relate. You are left to do so much on your own. You're in a relationship and a fantastic one at that. But there is so much at home when they're either away or in my case, MWDU, and you're just left to do so much. We actually had a point a couple of months ago, we were refinancing the house. 
we got hit by a car on our motorcycle. So I had to deal with the insurance claims on that. We had construction workers here building sheds. Between everything that you don't think you have to deal with at all, really, I was dealing with all three things at once by myself while my partner was away. That was when I reached breaking point because I was always really strong and independent woman thinking I could do everything by myself. I sort of let go of that reality when I did meet my partner knowing that I had such a stable work by my side. But then to have to go back to that point where I was strong, I was independent, I could get it all done, but I took on way too much more than what I could handle. That was when I reached breaking point. It was definitely scary calling open arms. I wanted to refuse the fact that I needed help. I thought I could still handle everything on my own, but I've been on the phone with them regularly for the last couple of weeks. And honestly, it has made the world of difference. Just having someone that gets it, talk to you and talk you through it and explain why you're feeling how you're feeling. It's honestly, it's a godsend that they have that line. Nothing like you could ever think of will ever prepare you for it. Like I said, we had so many changes and I never knew that I would be sitting in my house, putting myself to bed every night by myself, waking up by myself. It's not something that I sort of considered that would be a part of military life. I just thought, oh, yep, they'd go away a couple of times. They're well kept. They make the bed. They look great in the uniform. This is going to be great. But then the reality sets in of how hard it can actually be. What advice would you give to anyone who's been on the fence to making that call to open arms or are thinking, not at breaking point now, but I know that my partner's going to be deployed and I'm going to need that extra help. I don't have friends and family in location. I need someone to talk to or someone that's going to help me through the challenges of defence life. What would you say to someone who is thinking about calling open arms? Honestly, do it. It will change everything. It will change your mindset. Like I said, I was too scared to call them. I guess I had it in my head that I was accepting defeat and I thought I was stronger than that, but that's not what it's about at all. They're there to literally get you back on your feet, even if you're not even off them yet. They're there to offer you all the support that you need and each other support they can assist you with as well. Myself, thinking I was so strong and independent, accepted it as defeat, but it's not. It literally will help you it'll help your partner it'll help your relationship it'll help you not get to breaking points so don't wait until you're at that point to make the call they are so nice they are so understanding and they get it if you are thinking about calling them do it before it's too late until you're crying like me every night and then don't know what to do Mental health wise, what do you do to look after your mental health? Mental health was not something that I'd ever necessarily considered in great detail and until we went to the US and I, I sort of had to struggle through that change in identity and, and some of those kinds of things. And so now I, I try and make sure that number one, as much as possible, keep really good, clear communication with with Stuart about, you know, what am I struggling with? I'm married to an engineer. They can get very task-focused, very problem-focused, solving things. Same. Um, but sometimes I'm like, no, 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 I just need you to listen. Like I'm just I'm just emotional and I'm just sharing this information. I just need you to, to smile and nod. That's all. So, yeah, just trying to make sure that they understand where I'm coming from and, and the challenges that I face I think is really important. And then it's little things as well you know, just trying to make sure that I feel that I've got a good support network of people regardless. So um, even though we've left and come back now, I try and maintain some of those relationships and friendships that I had prior to becoming a defence spouse, just so I have a break from 
this life of defense as well because I think sometimes you can get really wrapped up in it and it's nice to have something that's you know people that know me for me and the interest that I have and the person that I was I mean practical level I have a spreadsheet that has our addresses for the last 10 years because you actually get asked for that with surprising frequency and just you know being able to have easy access to that is good Um, and you're married to an engineer so spreadsheets sound like a you know uh, a romantic Friday night to them pretty much that that is actually a really valid point yep um (laughs) I think just don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to admit that you don't know what the heck is going on because reality is you know even after six years I don't know what's going on half the time you know the acronyms and and everything it's a whole nother language and so yeah just really speak up and and say no I don't know what that is and and ask for the help and to make the most of each opportunity as well and and I know that sometimes that's really hard because we get sucked into the day-to-day of cooking and cleaning and grocery shopping and going to work and coming home and just make the most of each location and what it has on offer and then yeah I think the really big one is just work on that communication and keep talking to your partner and and keep reminding them that as much as defense is the lifestyle that we're a part of we have thoughts and feelings and and they're valid and they have value and and they have a place in in all the conversations as well So I'm a yoga instructor. Um, I run my own yoga studio. So there's a very big into mindfulness, uh, gratitude journaling, just really carving out those like few like few minutes a day for yourself makes a huge difference. So I get up every morning before anyone else. I make myself a cup of tea and I sit down and I drink my cup of tea in like silence. Then I'll go through some breathing, maybe a few yoga poses, and then I'll start my day. And that just gives me that space to kind of, if I need to plan my day, but you know, it just makes you that little bit more resilient. So if there are spouses out there that have been thinking about getting into that or looking into that, like what would be the first step that they should do to even like work out where to start with something like that? Start small, (laughs) start really small. And find something that works there's no right or wrong way to do it so in terms of like gratitude journaling there are people who write pages and pages and pages I literally so my gratitude journal is actually next to the canister that has my tea leaves in it so as I'm boiling the kettle I just jot down three things I'm grateful for that morning and it starts that positive spin on the day so committing to just doing three dot points every day for a week of things you feel grateful for is, you know, much easier than saying sit down and write two pages every day. Yeah. So yeah, really, I really encourage you to start small and build up to it rather than making huge commitments. So what kind of positive effects does journaling and mindfulness and and that sort of things have for someone? Like, you know, you can say, oh yeah, it's great to, you know, journal and, and be mindful and, and take time out and, you know, focus and all that sort of stuff. But what kind of actual benefits does it have? So anything we talk about, like like any mindfulness, it's all about just being present. So when we think about stress and the effects it has on the brain, back, you know, 400 years ago, your stress levels went up when you're being chased by a bear 
or, you know, you're looking for food to feed your family, like the bear would go away or you'd find food and the stress would go away and you'd be okay again. In this modern age, the brain can't differentiate between running from a bear and just that constant stress we feel as I'm trying to get all this done. I'm trying to keep my life together. (laughs) And so when we stop and are present and specifically slow our breathing down, we tell our brain I'm safe. I'm not running from a bear. And it turns off that stress response. You know, the first time it might be only 30 seconds, but the next time it might be a minute. And so slowly you just, slow down and and then you only start kind of having like triggering that stress response when it's say more required because it it's not actually helpful if it's It's not your baseline yeah yeah it's not your baseline it lowers your baseline from that stress response yeah because Um, of course having you know being at that having that as your baseline and being constantly you know in a state of stress is not great for health and you know kicks off all sorts of other problems Absolutely. Yes. So all that, and it just depends on what feels good and right to you. Yeah. So some people don't enjoy gratitude journaling, so don't do it, but find what it is that helps you be like present now, gives you five minutes to slow your breathing down to yeah, lower that baseline. And, and then you start to feel a bit better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it can't hurt to try. And if it doesn't, if it's not for you, then, you know, it's not for you. But if it does have a positive impact, then it's, it can be huge. I will say though, don't like, don't try it once and go, oh, well, that didn't work. You do need to give it kind of a week, but that's why I say start small. So if you're doing a week of only two or three minutes, you know, you can make that push that way through because chances are you won't feel much the first time but it's like similar to like you know if you try running for the first time you're like oh this was not good like of course it's going to be hard learning it and perfecting it and giving it a good go can only mean that it sort of gets you it gets easier for you and becomes more of you're not having to think about doing it it's just part of who you are yes yes so it's the same for all of that and you know, running for a lot of people or, you know, you can do mindful walking. You can have a Google, you'll get 20 of the most, the top mindful activities you can do. So just find the one that works for you. It's definitely made it easier. So I'm able to deal with the changes in situations. So the Rachel who had first posted to Townsville did not cope with the uncertainty and the changes as easily as I do now. Some of that's, you know, just general, like growing up in maturity. Some of that is having gone through it a couple of times and now knowing that, you know, even the worst removals have to end and then you'll be okay again. (laughs) (laughs) And and I would say that, you know, like you could say to yourself, oh, well, this is as bad as it gets, but you can't really say that because you you just never know what the next posting or the next (laughs) move will be like. But at least if you've got those strategies in place. Yeah, you could just be like, okay, like this is just how today is going to be and tomorrow will, you know, start trying to pick up the pieces or whatever it is. And it just it does just change your outlook on life a little. So just, you know, if you do start gratitude journaling, it just makes you realise all the things that you are grateful for. I had particular ideas about what I 
want to say out of defense, but of course it doesn't matter, really matter what I want. Um, he's more a go with the flow type of person. If a job comes up, it's a really good job. Doesn't really matter where it is, but go and do it. And I've kind of gone back to, over that way of thinking, where you know, if a great job comes up, it doesn't really matter where it is. Let's just go. We'll go. It'll be an adventure. Let's look at it as we get to do this rather than we have to do this. And no posting is forever. So if you end up in a location that you really don't like, you're not going to be there forever. And so you can kind of look at that. Well, you know, I might hate it here, but at least I'm not stuck here. So and how did yeah. you get to that stage? Because going into spouse life and being a defense couple you don't always go into it having that attitude sometimes you you continue to push back and push back until you're just like oh well you know that's not really working for me so how did you get to the stage where you're just like let's treat it as an adventure we'll see the pluses instead of the the negatives for my own mental health i had to i've always struggled with anxiety and when we first got to newcastle that was when it really came to a peak and i realized that the anxiety I was feeling was causing a lot of negativity and it was causing me to look at things in a really negative way. And so I sought help through my GP who referred me to a psychologist and I've been seeing psychologists on and off since then, which was about 10 years ago. And that has been the best help. I, the best decision I've ever made for my health was to see a doctor and to see a psychologist for my mental health. And every couple of months, every couple of years, I might go back and talk to a social worker or a counsellor or a psychologist and just kind of get a tune up to adjust that way of thinking. Because looking at my life as something as, completely out of my control I had no control of where we lived I had no control over what jobs I could apply for I had no control over when my husband was going to be home I just I couldn't sustain that way of living it was so toxic and just awful for not only for myself but for people around me so getting that professional help changed my mindset from having to to get to so trying to adapt my way of thinking from negative to positive it's still an ongoing thing it's so easy to get negative especially in the face of defense it does seem like such a massive entity and there's no one particular person that you can blame for things that go wrong or things that don't work out the way you want them to and I think it helps as well to you know it's not always going to be positive but try and look at it as a positive Mental health wise, how do you look after your mental health with all that's required of you as a defense spouse and, you know, in life in general? How do you look after your mental health? Probably exercise is a very big part for me, whether or not it's the gym or taking the dog for a walk, but getting out, getting the, you know, endorphins flowing, things like that. That was a very big thing. I do try and do little things like not putting myself, you know, taking kids grocery shopping is stressful. So I'll do a click and collect. So I don't add that extra pressure to myself. Of, yeah. Not know, intentionally putting tr- yourself in those situations <laughs> that cause extra stress. It's like, mom, can we have this? Can we have this? Can we have this? And then by the end of it, they're flaked out and upset because you've said no and you're, yeah. <laughs> you're cranky because you've been asked five times for the one thing in terms of, uh, uh, technical stuff around the house you know we get our lord mode and things like that when he's away so that I know that it's something else I don't have to do you know coffee catch-ups with girlfriends or nights out at a dinner you know with my girlfriends things like that they all add to it occasionally I will sort of take a day for ourselves whether or not we go all right today's going to be a pj day you guys can sit and color watch a bit of tv do what you want to do and I'm going to take a moment whether or not that's sit and have a coffee in bed in the morning and then progress through 
So seeing those things as important to allow you to recharge and, and keep going basically. Yeah. Taking that, that moment for yourself, whether or not it's, it's turning down plans because you feel fried or whether or not it's, it's making plans because you need that connection. It's, I suppose, probably looking at yourself and going, where am I at at the moment? Yeah. And how can I, I guess, put my hand up to help myself or, you know, pre-plan or even, you know, future plan knowing because you have been, you know, through what's required of your husband being away or whatever that you kind of know what you'll need at, at the different stages. Yeah, that's it. It's all right, this weekend we've got nothing planned, so we're going to take it crazy. But I know during the school holidays you're going to drive me nuts, so we're going to make lots of plans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> get you out of the house, get you tired. Uh, uh, you the... sound like my type of mum, that's me, for sure. I'm like, yep. <laughs> even the night before he came home from the last de- deployment, I messaged my my group chat my tribe yeah and said all right uh he gets home on saturday who's keen for a jump at rebound on friday night because i'm going to need to tuck at those kids out yes because otherwise they will not sleep with excitement i already had that plan so you know we did that and they did they came home and they slept because i knew if they stressed me out the night before with not sleeping it was just not going to be Time management for me and routine is key, like so key for us and especially for the kids. It just needs to fit in. So there's not a lot of room for error. As I said, prior to COVID, we had our repairs and that was great. It was amazing for us and it took a massive load off um, and a huge game changer. So um, I can't wait for our next one to, um, to join us. But yeah, for myself, previously I wasn't doing a lot and that's probably taken its, its biggest toll. So now I make it a non-negotiable that I'm looking after myself. So still not to the extent that I would like, you know, but, um, you know, I'm back at the Cairo and trying to fix my spine. (laughs) Um, Because that is like, that is a commitment to helping yourself and, you know, looking after yourself. Like even if it just is a Cairo appointment that in the long run is going to help everyone because you're going to be healthier and, and not in pain and, you know, that helps everyone out. And, you know, probably uh, prior to my business, I did, you know, I didn't really do a lot of me and I was pouring from an empty cup. So I'd fill it up a little bit and I'd pour again and I'd fill it up a little bit and I'd pour again. And it was just empty. And I'm a massive believer now that, and it has been due to my business, the fact that I can look at my life like this, that there is another option. And I completely now just fill my cup. And if it's not filled, as I said, it's not to the point where I'd like it. I've still got the kids. We're still, you know, hubby still lives away from us. But, um, you know, it is about going to get a massage. It is about, you know, if hubby's here and I can have a nap. I so hope you were able to relate or take something away from today's episode. There are definite ups and downs to military life, but let's get the conversation happening so we can see that we are all in this together. We are all just doing our best. So until next week, you got this. Let's do this together one day at a time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If this episode has touched you, helped you, or given you that extra confidence to keep going, to continue to hold down the home front, to continue to do all the things, I would so appreciate it if you could pop into Apple Podcasts and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, a comment about what you would like to hear more of, or just some encouraging words. If you want to suggest a guest, I am always looking for new people to talk to. You can do that by jumping over to the website www.militarylife.com.au and clicking on our podcast page. I would love to hear from you. 